Hello, well. Hey guys. So it's just a cheeky little disclaimer before the uh, podcast starts. We are going to be talking about some pretty heavy things, you know. Dark times are uh, ahead. Yeah. If you are of a sensitive nature, we are going to be talking about things such as suicide, abuse, rape, murder. Um, all the big stuff. Yeah. All the big scary stuff. Yeah, all the big hitters. We're obviously not doing this to upset anyone or to offend anyone. We uh, And we're not here to belittle victims we are here to ridicule ideas indeed so on that note we hope you enjoy the episode but we also want you to know that it's okay not to listen yeah you know there are podcasts out there yeah not better ones but other ones other ones speak to you soon guys take care bye guys hello 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 it's been a while hasn't it it's been how are you (laughs) hey hey guys how are you hey guys hey come on pull up a pew would you like a cup of tea would you like a cup of coffee we've got fruit teas just make yourselves comfy yeah we're in for a we're in for a little bit of a treat today Oh, we should probably introduce ourselves as well. It's, it's been that bloody long. <laughs> You've probably forgot who we are. I am 21 Toilet Jim, a.k.a. Matthew Williams. Have you uh, finally come up with a... Uh... Well, I'm bad now, I'm nice. Oh, you're bad. You're bad, I'm, Adam. I'm, I'm bad, Adam, now. So bad, Adam. Your heel turn. <coughs> so, um, so How's that bad. working for you, anyway? Um, okay, you know, I've... Mm. Kicked a few old pensioners into the into the streets. You shouted at me the other week. <laughs> shouted at you. Yeah. Or... I mean, the other point is, I I was acting up. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, that isn't so much being a bad person; that's more being a good parent. <laughs> okay. Well, you could call it <laughs> to that, a yeah. twenty-eight-year-old man. <laughs> yes, I am Adam Hawker. Yeah. Bad Adam Hawker. Bad Adam. <laughs> bad Adam. <laughs> bad Adam. Bad to the bone. <laughs> um, and uh, this is Bunch of Cults. Um, yeah. It has been a while since we last yeah. spoke to you. What have we been um, up to? So we've been up to, we've been, some crazy events have happened since. Yeah. Personally so, and. Yeah. Um, and globally, I suppose. <laughs> Sure. It's been a it's been a wild ride. Um, it's been my birthday. Oh uh, yeah, that happened. So that was essentially a month of drinking and debauchery. Dropped on the floor. <laughs> I became a world a, a heavyweight United world. Kingdom champion. The heavyweight, yeah. <laughs> and I tried to take a title, and that resulted in me just being dropped on the floor <laughs> from a height. So from, yeah, from about six foot, like <laughs> on the floor. So yeah. <laughs> that involved also me getting what looked like gangrene on my arm as well because I tried to clean the wound with beer yeah yeah what else has happened oh I got mugged 
You did. You got mugs. But was... I'm not going to talk too much about that because I'm doing some stand up about it. So yeah, you only got to do it when it's in front of and yeah. in front of people. To... Yeah. I've decided to not call it trauma either. I'm going to call it a spicy memory. <laughs> a spicy memory. Yeah, it's a memory of a bit of a kick. Uh, what else? It's like a habanero sauce memory. What else happened? We've been busy, we've done stuff. I did my first major slight of the glee. Yeah, the mm. night you got. The <laughs> night I got. It was that bad. <laughs> they, I dared them to come and get me and... They did. Lo and behold, they did. Who <laughs> would have known <laughs> that all of those times that you've those dared people yeah. <laughs> to come I, and get you? I just thought it was come a... back to beat you in the ass. Gave a shit kick to me. It was just a joke. <laughs> but seriously, I dare you to come and get me. You need to stop saying that. We've got told possibly one of the most horrific stories by our friend. Uh, no, 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 we're not. We're not talking about that on this. That's a live show thing. Oh, that's, that's another a... thing. Oh, that's probably the biggest news. We're gonna, we're writing a live show. Yeah, we're writing a live show. So um, yeah, for the uh, is it Birmingham Comedy Festival? Yeah, hopefully you're gonna perform it first at the Birmingham Comedy Festival later in the year. Just sort um, of like a work in progress, sort of our finding our feet on how to. It's just gonna be a, it's gonna be a TED talk, but with butt stuff. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, a TED talk about UFOs, doomsday, and butt stuff. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff. All the important things. All the, imp- all, the, all the stuff the world needs to hear about. Yeah. Have there been any other horrific stories? Oh, we can save them for the live show. That is possibly the... Like, you, if you come to the live show, I mean, this story is amazing. <laughs> like, it is it is disgusting. It's hilarious. It's metal. Oh, it's metal as fuck. Like, I, I'll give you a clue. Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's the little clue. Right. And then, if you guys come to the live show, <laughs> you, you'll be like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think that depends on how much of a fan of Cannibal Corpse you want, to be fair. Sure. <laughs> yeah, amazingly, that's only took us five minutes. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So, we're going to be talking about uh, Dwight York. Not the, oh. not the footballer, not the footballer. The, he hasn't really done anything heinous, has he? Um, well, he had like a child with Jordan. It's uh, not heinous. He, yeah, but That's then just... he like deserted. You know, oh, okay. But, oh, uh, yeah, because <laughs> uh, what's his name? Harvey. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Um, so he's one of God's special children. Oh! Don't say that. That's really <laughs> offensive. Don't don't say that. Um, um, That's getting edited out, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm keeping that in. No! Evidence of your misdeeds. <laughs> or just keeping it back in the file that I keep. What? <laughs> to blackmail me in the future? <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, but everyone's yeah. gonna have a fucking yeah. Um, no, that was that was. Not okay for me to say. I say this stuff as an example of what a person shouldn't be. That's that's pretty much how you live your life, really, isn't it? Absolutely. A warning from history. (laughs) A warning history. (laughs) Wasn't that like a um, a documentary about the Nazis? Yes. A warning. (laughs) (laughs) Just me just walking around with like a can of red stripe. 
So yeah, we're going to be talking about Dwight York, who uh, led a cult called Nawabianism. Yeah, like this guy would actually be hilarious if he wasn't such basically a terror hawk of a nonce. Yeah, like, the, this this episode specifically, obviously, we have the yeah uh, disclaimer at the beginning that there are some really really it's, shitty things. That he yeah, did. and um, it's it's really interesting that there are still people who totally are on board and support him, and uh, despite that, and the Wabiism. I mean, we're going to get to all the crimes and stuff, but Nawabism is still a going concern. It's not as big as it was before he was arrested, but it, it still exists. Yeah. Let's crack on and, and start talking about it. So Dwight York, uh, born in 1945. There's some debate about where he grew up. Um, I've heard it was like Harlem area. And then there's talk of Boston, there's talk of... Um, just other areas, Massachusetts. There's a lot of debate about it. It doesn't seem to be because I think uh, Boston is on his um, birth certificate, but there's some debate about whether he might actually even have been born in Ghana. I think <sighs> he clearly is one of those people who quite often played plays into a, myth, a like creation myth about himself. So he quite was quite happy to have it be unclear clear where he was brought up. And then he claims he was taken as a quite a young boy um, to Africa, to Egypt, um, to learn about Islam. And from an early age, Islam was a, a, a big part of his life. Because this was like the the foundation, wasn't it? Of the cause like most cults have a foundation based yeah, on so, like a religion. Like so, with uh, Om Shanriko, it was like Buddhism and Hinduism. Mm-hmm. With um, Heaven's Gates, Christianity. Um, Nawabism, it's Islam. Yeah, um, and there's nothing, and, and like, there is nothing funny about Islam whatsoever. No. Um, so he was born in 1945. So obviously, as as a teenager, he's right in the slap dab in the middle of the um, civil rights movement, which mm. obviously then gave birth to the Brotherhood of Islam. So there is a context for um, a lot, of, like African Americans. Oh. Converting to Islam, there's obviously Muhammad Ali, there's all of that going on. Malcolm X, yeah, Malcolm X. Um, this guy is essentially Malcolm X. If Malcolm X was a bit of a two Bob Rongan and, and also had got, a fancy dress, uh, and also got properly into Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, so, I like Malcolm X. I think you know. Yeah, Malcolm X was a very intelligent man who um, who did a lot of good things and then did yeah. some bad things. And More good stuff. Was almost definitely murdered as the result of the state. So yeah, um, just like I dare the state to come and get us, <laughs> um, dropping our truths. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, left, left, led a fairly unremarkable life until the age of uh, nineteen. Twenty fifth of June, sixty four. He was arrested for statutory rape as a said nineteen year old. No, she was 13, he was 19. Yeah, so yeah. he was 19. He oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Had sex with a 13-year-old. He was given a suspended sentence and put on probation. Uh, York broke probation later that year and was arrested for possession of a deadly weapon, assault and assist, uh, resisting arrest. As a result, he uh, spent three years in prison. I mean, that there's so much going on in that. that like You can tell that it probably all happened within the space of, like, a minute that you're just like whoa <laughs> oh. well he had the weapon he used it to do you know what weapon he had uh, none of the none of the stuff I've read or listened to has said what weapon he used I'm assuming I like to some... 
I, I, I really hope it was like a, like a fucking insane sword. <laughs> well, I'd know that um, later when he set up the early versions, of, they, they, they did have a fondness for like baseball bats and machetes. So oh, his people, so. warriors, come out to play. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, um, but now I like the idea that like he's got like proper like castle of grey skull sword like he like a, just a ridiculous yeah like you know those like really you know like those um those shops in like seaside towns that are just sell like absolute tat and it's all like goth yeah or well, like um simply gifted in birmingham next to the isis market they sell loads of like they'll sell you like a big version of like a ring grave sword from uh, Lord of the Rings yeah. and that kind of thing yeah no, that, yeah that kind of place like those sort of like and he's just like walking around like yes <laughs> trying to hit a police officer with it and then got arrested yeah um, so he man. spent three years in prison so he came out what 22 years old and then he was uh, working as a street peddler a bit of a hustler selling pamphlets um, incense um, the hustle never sleeps, man. The hustle um, never sleeps. I always um, get stopped by the um, Krishnas in Birmingham, who are always like, this is a gift for you. And I'm like, thank you. And they're like, that would be... Could you spare a donation? Like, That's not a gift, is it? <laughs> You're selling me something. I mean, I've, the amount of Krishna books I had as a teenager is... Is actually really depressing considering how I've turned out. <laughs> yeah, not really the best advert for, for Krishna. I'm like the last person <laughs> they want. Um, <laughs> he, he clearly was quite a charismatic person um, and started to pick up some followers, many of whom lived in his and his his wife. Uh, his first wife's apartment. Oh, he liked to collect wives, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, like, like he went full Pokemon on these women. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like obviously there is an element which in in Islam that you can have, you know, you can have a, a multitude of wives, but that seems to have been one of the things that attracted him to Islam more than anything. <laughs> like, not the other way around. It's not a benefit so of it. Was a... <laughs> We're both single men. Yeah. We can barely, you know, entertain the idea of one woman in our lives. I think, I think to be honest, that you should probably try and disappoint one person at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and not her. Hey, Adam. Spread that out. Hey, Adam. You're never a disappointment. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, some of his followers started living with him and his wife in his apartment. This group was... Initially known as Ansar Pure Sufi, um, Sufi obviously being a type of um, Islam. So he, in the seventies, he moved to Brooklyn and changed the name of the group to Ansuri Allah Community, so AAC, and really started to expand the group and started yeah. to like he was like holding like these huge like. Um, I don't know. Really, lectures, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Services. Like, yeah, like, it's sort of somewhere like, between the two, really. Yeah, like, and um, he was like very much just like the white man is the devil. Uh, I mean, he's got a <laughs> he's 
got a point. Um, I mean, I'm white, but I'm not white. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so this is, this is important. And yeah. it's where one of the things they very much took from the Brotherhood of Islam is this idea of uh, black supremacism. Yeah. So that's not something we really think that much about now because white supremacism is such like a yeah, it's like hot topic. But yeah, like there's also but you've also got the um, the black Israelites as well in New York, well yeah. in America. So there are those like black supremacy groups. Oh yeah, totally. And I to I, I don't know why I probably understand that more than white supremacy. It's 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 like a. I mean, they're both as fucking ridiculous as each other. Yeah, yeah. But. I think it's when it, it's one is m- sort of more of a response to the other than the yeah. other is, so it kind of makes sense. Kind of quote that pretty well <laughs> expresses how he saw the world is from one of his lectures called "Egypt and the Mask of God." White people are the devil. They say New Albions are not racist. Bullcrap. I am. White people are the devil. Always was. Always will be. Bullcrap. <laughs> Bullcrap. That's not a phrase. That's what he says. <laughs> and then uh, another one. Uh, Christianity is merely a tool of the devil. Brackets pale man. Um, to keep you. The Nubian. Black man. Woman and child. Blind to your true heritage. And um, uh, perfect way of life. Islam. It is another means of slavery. That's from one. This is a, an even better name for a, for a uh, lecture, an essay. Actually, this is Santa or Satan, the fallacy of Christmas. Oh! <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds like a fun read. <laughs> sounds like there should be a, you know, possibly someone should consider making that into a Christmas film. I yeah, totally. It's Krumpus, isn't it? <laughs> um, there's the Nawabian leader. Um, there's still um, like as as the as you know you've said Dwight's like he is in prison now. Um, spoiler alert! But like you said that the cult still exists and it's yeah. still there. There was like a bookstore in Brooklyn called All Eyes on Egypt. Egypt, not spelt right. Eyes <laughs> <laughs> well, with the I. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like. The way it's described on my source, vice.com, um, it's dis- described as a Fisher Price version of Cleopatra's Palace. <laughs> a Fisher Price version. That's pretty great. <laughs> um, it's like in, um, it's on Bushwick Avenue, and um, which is the centre now of like trendiest part of of, of Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, so. um, but what was? Oh yeah, so. There's some, so just to quote from the website, um, in what's the book called? It's like the genealogy of it of uh, the white man basically, and uh, Caucasian women once mated with jackals, ancestors of today's dogs, and that the pale man still has a a vestige, a vestige proving this union a tale. I haven't got a tail. I feel like I've been robbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a lie that would be quite easy to clear up by just speaking to a white person at yeah. any point. Mate, have you got a tail? <laughs> nah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, that was a lot of... Um, I mean, like, he, he, he was pretty honest with his views on race. Like, I'm, like I am a... Like, I'm, I'm not a racist. <laughs> yeah. He said he was a racist. I was about to say, I'm a racist. I am not a racist. <laughs> I'm just going to cut that. <laughs> um, 
I mean, again, that's some else you can use. That was going straight in there. I mean, to be honest, I have edited together a lot of what you've said to me. To I mean, totally, I mean you, totally different things. You could put it together and it'd just be like a hate rally. <laughs> and finishing it with, I dare them to come and get me. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. That's something I've, I've been considering for a while. Um, throughout the 70s, the AAC, as they were called at that point, started, you know, sending uh, men from the predominantly from the group out into the streets, selling pamphlets and books and incense. The literature raised money through the group, but it also promoted <laughs> and encouraged readers to become to come hear York preach and then hopefully become members. Um, and then he started to he started to adopt the moniker Dr. Macaulay Z. York. I thought it was Malachi. Mal- Malachi. Yeah, Malachi, I guess. He likes, um, to, he likes, to, he's, likes he's, to play around his names, yeah, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anybody I know who like has lots of aliases that they call themselves. <laughs> that, um, and also likes to wear strange outfits. I can't... He's a know. fun... He's <laughs> a little fun guy with a little fun hat. I don't need a personality anymore! <laughs> Oh, guys, I bought a new hat. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible It's a great hat. It's not an issue. Awful hat. <laughs> but I refuse to spend any more time in my life talking about your hat. So, <laughs> It's a great hat. So throughout the 70s and into the 80s, uh, the <coughs> AAC expanded greatly. Um, eventually had 500 people living in about 20 apartment buildings that he'd, he'd by this point, bought in Buswick. So, I mean, how much fucking incense and <laughs> pamphlets have you got to sell to, to, to be buy able to buy? Like, apartment buildings. A he lot also, is the answer. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine quite a lot. He also, in the 80s, started... And this is this is actually something, along with the racism, actually, and just kind of where he's sort of almost like a black version of Manson in the sense that he's... Oh, inciting the race war and... Yeah, and yeah, also... Sure wanting to be a musician (laughs) (laughs) so in the 80s he uh, performed as a vocalist in his own group known as Jackie and the Starlights the students and then the passion Uh, and then he set up a record label called Passion Productions what sort of music was it? kind of funk soul but with a Egyptian (laughs) There's yeah. a lot going on there. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Um, he actually uh, recorded as a solo artist called Dr. York. Uh, again, to be clear, he never <laughs> trained as a doctor. He has no qualifications as a doctor. I think um, doctor, you just sort of go, you trust You trust a doctor. Yeah, I mean, we've, le- we've grew not to over recent years because of people calling themselves doctors and not actually being doctors. Yeah. Like Gillian McKeith. Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, she's she's the worst. So he released his debut single called "Only a Dream," that included on his album "New York." Um, um, is any of this on YouTube? I'll have a look and see, and I'll pop it a, the... I'll edit a clip in of.
Facebook. I'm I've sort of forgot how to podcast because <laughs> because it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. So I'm just there, like I'm saying stuff that is not okay to say, <laughs> <laughs> and um. Imagine, just, dear listener, that in the past Matt has apparently been editing himself, <laughs> and today he's not. Yeah. Yeah. So he put out his debut single, had some level of success. As a music artist, he wasn't, you know, by any means Motown Records, but he was clearly putting out some putting out some some tracks during that period. Um, a lot of the sort of bumped against quite a few of the early hip hop acts that were starting up in New York in the eighties. Yeah, but hip hop in the eighties was not great it was always just like my name's Matthew and I'm here to say brush well, yeah, your teeth like the twice obvious, a day the, the obvious exception of like Public Enemy uh, Public Enemy were great um, but when I saw them a few weeks ago they weren't really well, they're, disappointing well, they're very old now like yeah but so. Wu-Tang Clan were but Wu-Tang are a little bit younger than them De La Soul they were great mm, yeah I suppose I suppose because like if you're constantly that angry you sort of. It's probably all the time that they spent with Anthrax, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> the, the band Anthrax, not. <laughs> just walking in and out of rooms, just with piles of Anthrax. It's an aged You don't know what they do with their spare time. You can't say that they didn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they didn't. <laughs> well, that's your business, but I, I disagree. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, yeah, so they had these, like, 20 apartment buildings, they had 500 people, which, you know, obviously relative to the scale of New York isn't a massive amount, but that's a pretty impressive. They had bookstores, like the one you're talking about, and they had gift shops, they had a clothing store, they had a grocery store. They built themselves as a little community within a community yeah, in, like... in the heart of Brooklyn. They also uh, spread out into other cities and abroad, into Trinidad. So one of the things that they were very specific about was trying to get um, people in the Caribbean, which obviously traditionally been very much a um, missionary Christian and uh, sometimes Rastafarian uh, cultures. They were really desperately trying to convert them to Islam or to their very strange version of Islam. And London, actually, and Toronto, um, yeah, and members. So, is there still any like activity in London? About it that? doesn't seem like it. I've no. looked and tried to find anything that I could on it, mm. and it doesn't seem like it. So this is sort of sort. This is sort of where it starts getting grotty. It starts getting a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to the beginnings of that in a second. Yeah. Members in Brooklyn, specifically, were asked to give up all of their possessions, live in York's barracks-style apartments, and work for free. Uh, many were given a daily quota of 25 to to $100, which they had to reach either by begging or selling literature. Um, so that's a, you know, if you've got 500 people, say 350 of them can work, the rest are women and children, mm-hmm. that's... <clears throat> Three thousand five hundred a day, roughly. Yeah. Give or take. And um, so there was money coming in. Obviously, they were. Those I'm were guessing it's there. like exempt from tax as well. Well, yeah, because it was probably. I mean, you're not going to get taxed on begging, obviously. Well, so. but, um, but selling literature and stuff. Like yeah, that. I would imagine. I mean, they probably didn't have tar- official tar- charitable status, but I can't imagine that 
York was big on paying tax. Hey, I won't have that said. <laughs> I will defend him. <laughs> um, so if they didn't meet these quotas, they were beaten or otherwise disciplined by York's band of thugs. Um, I'd like to... This is before they all start dressing up and stuff, isn't it? So it'd have probably just been like just some dudes like... Yeah, just some thugs. Just yeah, not like... Not, ex- not in exciting outfits. Nah, not like not space yet. thugs. Um, <laughs> he controlled pretty much every aspect of the people who were... So very similar to with uh, Kashi Ashram, he would um, choose their spouses, um, <laughs> mating them according to his own whim... Uh, men and women lived in separate buildings. Uh, when they wanted to have sex, they were forced to ask permission to use a designated oh, room. That room must have fucking stunk. Yeah, that's not, you know, you'd want to make sure that that room was being cleaned oh. very regularly. Um, it'd have to, you know, those, um, have you seen, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's on Netflix. It's definitely a Channel 4 production, either way. Um, and it's about these people who like hold swingers parties, and it's the when it's like the, they showed this bit where it's like the morning after, and it's just like a deep clean where they're like got jet sprays all on the floor. They're like yeah, you'd need disinfecting a lot of pressure washers. Oh god, imagine the fuck it because it's not just confined to one room either. Like it's all over the house. So there's oh, just. And this is the point at which we should say this episode is brought to you in association with Karsha pressure washers. <laughs> <laughs> For all your pressure washing needs. <laughs> it's, it's like what we were talking about. I've realised I'm quite prudish. I thought I was really open-minded. But it was watching that, I was like, nah. That's, nah. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, sex with one's own spouse was... A privilege granted to be when you'd performed your duties satisfactorily. <laughs> um, it's such a weird, like, that's so weird, isn't it? It's like, I couldn't imagine having to ask someone to be like, excuse me, can I have sex with this person? Who I am married to. to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's very so hard, isn't it? like, it's a like, and also like I don't want people knowing what disgusting things I'm getting up to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I say I don't. I you do tell me and several of our friends <laughs> virtually the instant you've completed doing whatever disgusting things you're doing. <sighs> no, I so... don't. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> We've been saying that sort of the basis for Nuhavism originally was Islam, but it's kind of actually quite difficult to describe the the full totality of it because it mixes so many other things in. So we've already mentioned Egypt, so well, it's like know, ancient, ancient Egypt, Egypt yeah. is a big part of it and becomes an even bigger part later. Um, belief in UFOs and various conspiracies related to the Illuminati and the Bilderberg group. It's not... That's the one with the giant owl, isn't it? The Bilderberg. No, that's Bohemian Grove. Yeah, sorry. Bohemian Grove. Which so- is sort of interrelated. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. God. Oh, God. Oh. Alex Jones is furious with you. Right He's now. furious all the <laughs> I mean, time anyway. Yeah. He's just running around just screaming it's with his mostly top Mostly because he's like taking his own like bloody range of vitamins for men that are like 
full of mercury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is just... He's just raging, isn't it? Um, but so, yeah, so like UFO culture, conspiracy culture, it, it's not... They don't describe it as a theology, they describe it as a factology. Factology, um, man. Factology. Um, like, I can imagine... Um, the last podcast on the left guy has been very popular with him. Oh no, the white. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fucking the white man with his <laughs> lies. <laughs> so they they put out. A, obviously, they were because they were selling literature. They were putting out a lot of literature, most of which seems to have been largely plagiarized from you know new age books that were around at the time. Because there was a real from and it obviously feeds into a lot of the American cults that we will talk, have talked about and will talk about. There was a real, from the kind of 70s onwards, a push of a lot of um, production of just, you know, these mad new age books about all sorts of things from and all sorts of strange conspiracies and just general ideas about the world being written about. Um, and it well, seems yeah, because like people it's sort of taken a lot of acid yes <laughs> uh, yeah that and also socially like there was sort of a breakdown of a family yeah like, totally we, there like, is the, the people were getting more liberal there. people were ideas were more free-flowing people were having conversations with different people mm-hmm. from different cultures and stuff so and it wasn't just for you know work um middle class or upper class people that could go traveling as well now like people from all walks of life could go travelling so they're seeing the world like properly for the first time and they're coming back and they're like oh by the way guys like there's people who live like this they think this they're much happier doing this so I think that's where a lot of it does come from yeah absolutely Um, there's also lots of you know references to Atlantis in their words, which is a big thing at the time. And just to see, and as much as we've said about Islam, they were stealing stuff from the Bible and other, other religious texts and yeah. filtering that into everything. So again, it's this, it, this seems to be one of the really common things. I mean, also the world was in, a, I mean, we're still very much in a paranoid state, I think, where, you know, we're all very, very scared about what's going on because we're all convinced that the government or, you know, they're keeping stuff away from us, man. <laughs> um, that might just be you, Matt. <laughs> nah, dude, there's, there's, there's microphones in the cheese sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so it is at this point that it becomes very clear we've already got this controlling behaviour around sex. But I mean, he's already had past uh, with statuary rape. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like... I was, yeah, this guy would be hilarious if he wasn't, if he wasn't this, like, absolute monster of a sexual predator. Yeah. Like, he's... And what strikes me really... What, I don't know, it's sort of really bizarre in the sense that, like, with a lot of the other cults where there has been, like, um, abuse, it's always been, like, towards the end. Yeah, whereas in... In, in this, it's, it's very much... At the front, yeah, yeah before yeah, any. Uh, bef- level, I mean, because this mean, is all of this at the moment is relatively sane and normal for a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think when you added that last sentence, yeah, for a cult, this is just 
quite. And it's actually very business-like in the sense yeah. that, in the same way that you know you had Heavensgate doing their IT stuff, <laughs> these guys <laughs> just a bunch have of cut uh, <laughs> are like successful, clearly like cottage industry essentially mm, yeah. around the call. Um, but it's very clear that York specifically had uh, predilections sexually that he needed to push outwards in 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 various ways so one woman who was part who grew up in the AAC uh, recalls um, being sent as a six-year-old to Camp Jazeera where York molested her um, another woman recounts being manipulated into having sex with York when she was 12 horrific horrific thing. yeah this is like really um, and like um, again we'll probably post the um, documentary that we watched for research for this um, because the um, one woman goes into quite graphic detail about what he did I mean I'm not comfortable recounting it it's not my story to tell but it's yeah it's it's one of those where it's like it should have been called out there and then I know and instead I know that like you know we've all we've discussed this from like episode one to what are we on now episode six five six six you know we're gonna it's gonna be a reoccurring thing where it is an absolute perish like power play like, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, in the case and of this one, and also they're really young, they're really young, vulnerable girls. Yeah, totally. And, then and but there are people both, within the call who are complicit, and that's that's really disgusting. Particularly, I think, I think that's, um, older women being used to reportedly help manipulate the children into, you know, and showing them apparently showing them, uh, yeah, porn. porn, and and sometimes even participating in the molestation. I think that's something that a lot of people would find very difficult to understand and that's, yeah, especially cause that's like, a, a, a stupid thing to some extent because there are female abusers but I think it's um, it, more prevalent you, yeah when you hear that it's, it's a, a very difficult thing to understand mm. and to, to like come to terms with yeah I mean it's yeah I think in a way it's almost like yeah he's clearly an absolute fucking wrong gun but who should have been arrested and tried a long, long time ago <laughs> before any of this happened. But I think it is worse for the fact that there's people, you know, doing the hush-hush, yeah, you know. And, you know, and these and things sort of, tend to only be able to go on with that. Yeah. Look, I mean, look at the, the allegations of the BBC. Yeah. Like, that was, like, a huge thing. Like, that's, like, one of the biggest broadcasting things. But... There were so many people that got away with it for so long, and it was all because it was like, shh, shh, no, we can't talk about that. So, you know, it's yeah, and it's, it's absolutely fucking so, disgusting. In 1993, um, York bought a 476-acre property in Putnam County, Georgia. This. I mean, I feel like we sort of need this after what we've just been talking about. Because this, this is when it starts getting weird. Yeah, so... (laughs) He buys this large property in in Georgia and then moves there with basically the entirety of the Brooklyn chapter, so at least 100 people. They're, you know, obviously 
it was relatively isolated land compared to being in the centre of one of the most popular cities in the world. Mm. Uh, it's pretty obvious <laughs> that that had a lot to do with the idea that the group was almost certainly, as you can imagine, any group that size is going to attract the attention of the authorities and the FBI were apparently interested in what they were doing in Brooklyn, concerned that they possibly committed arson, welfare fraud and illegal possession of firearms. So this move to Georgia made sense for a lot of reasons. Get away from, get out of the jurisdiction, obviously not of the FBI, but at least of the New York um, cops. Cop. <laughs> Authorities. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, uh, so the nearest place to them in the region was called Eatonton. And that had like literally a population of less than 7,000 by the 2,000. So quite a small place. Um, and you can kind of imagine when a group of <laughs> very odd people turn up. <laughs> they turned up dressed as cowboys. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is... I think this is almost like... Uh, shows like a real... Like, total I think this is misunderstanding. This, yeah, <laughs> this is what like happens what in Georgia. Happens, yeah, but what happens is uh, when you are part of like a supremacist group where you only mix with one race, like this is like the white supremacists and their like attitude towards like um, rap culture, oh. like their complete misunderstanding of things is. This is that's what this where this comes from. I think it's a thing of oh, we're going to live in the South in Georgia. Everyone's a little so, cowboy, <laughs> so we need to dress as cowboys. So they all so this the, the absurdity of this group of like five hundred people rocking up in Georgia, all dressed in like Stetsons, cowboy boots, <laughs> cowboy boots, nice little shirts. <laughs> Like, uh, when Georgia rodeo. is very much not that kind of place <laughs> at all. It's so great. It is absurd. It's, it's so ridiculous. Great. Like, but it's the like they just don't understand. This old woman was just like, and it was just like these greyhound buses and they just turned up and yeah, just an older black guys just dressed as cowboys came out. <laughs> and we didn't have a hard to tell him we don't dress like that in Georgia. <laughs> so for like, I think it was like a good few months they were just walking around. <laughs> that, that old lady, she's so, so sweet. Like, you can just tell that she's just like, she, she, she tried, she, she, she probably tried her best to interact with them and then oh, just yeah, be like, no, fuck probably, you. <laughs> probably actually quite lovely to them to begin with. Yeah, and then she's just like, because she probably thought they were just like, not all there. <laughs> 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 just like it's just like a load of like it's like the bush um, the bus for like spe- like learning difficulties kids just turned up it's just like well like oh. it wouldn't be above to be fair it wouldn't be above they've done it with homeless people before it wouldn't be above a state in America literally just bussing people into another state to get rid of them as a burden on their like welfare system. is that really yeah oh yeah oh man he's bussing People like into other states used to be a really common thing. Um, oh, that's horrible! It's awful. Um, so that's it, not getting rid of a problem. <laughs> that's putting a problem under a carpet and just going up. Oh. Yeah. Um, 
brushing it under the carpet, I believe, is uh, I believe that's what the normies call it. <laughs> I call it putting a problem under the carpet. I mean, <laughs> you don't bother even brushing it there. You no. just kind of kick it under the carpet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there's a bit hanging out there. Just ignore it, it's fine. Matt, that's that's not solved anything. <laughs> that's if anything, people are gonna fall over that like, You've just created a health and safety concern if But haven't they started doing that in this country, like giving like homeless people train tickets to like different cities? Yeah, yeah, it it, it, it is that's something crazy. that councils um, it's, again it's do. not solving the problem. It's yeah, just, there was all of that first a few years ago when London started essentially offering people um, who were like turning up as homeless, ha- offering them places to live, but in Birmingham. So it's like 120 odd miles away um, from any local link that you might have. Yeah. Um, but once they got to Georgia, uh, the Nuwabians. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, sorry. Just, let's. Hey, guys. Or hey, guys. We can't solve all your problems, all right? <laughs> we'll solve the world at some other point. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, at least York, and um, probably not everybody in the congregation, but York specifically, drops entirely dropped the pretense of being Muslim. At this point, he no longer... I mean, it doesn't really go with being a cowboy, does it, to be honest? <laughs> so the, I'm not What's that coming over always? I love a Muslim cowboy! <laughs> like, I've read a lot of books about cowboys. Um, I was like, big into cowboys as, as, as a child. I oh, right. I was just, like, just read loads about cowboys. Why? <laughs> um, used to watch a lot of cowboy films with my granddad growing up. I mean, they're very problematic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm not aware of very many Muslim cowboys. Um, so they completely dropped that pretense. And the group went through several names and identities during this period. York claimed to be Chief Black Eagle of the Yamasee. Yes! <laughs> the Yamasee Native American Moors of the Creek Nation. Um, <laughs> Chief Black Eagle. Yes! <laughs> That's so good. So he flipped from cowboy to Indian, which is again very childish kind of understanding. Not Indian, dude. Native American. Native American. It was for the purpose of the game. Cowboys and Indians, right? Like when you were a child, you didn't say cowboys versus Native Americans. I mean, you? you might not have done, but <laughs> you were old, not a woke child. So. Old Wokey McGee over here, <laughs> woke Williams, <laughs> woke old Williams, the woke bloke. <laughs> um, yeah, he even went to the point of applying for a license to operate a casino. Which was, to be honest, probably part of the reason why he did the being a, a, a Native American chief. And and actually, Native American is problematic in and of itself because they aren't Americans. They never chose to be Americans. They're indigenous peoples of what is now America. Oh! So you're not even woke enough. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, um, I tried. <laughs> but yeah, obviously because Natives do have like this opportunity to apply for licenses um, around reservations. Mm-hmm. He perhaps this is <laughs> but He's like, wearing a wearing oh, a, a tribal headdress and oh, I could just imagine him just rocking up and they'd just be like what are you <laughs> No <laughs> absolutely not. I mean like oh it's just I mean like like I said before, if he wasn't such a grotty fucker 
he would be hilarious. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's just, just a, like it's just because he's also just essentially going through the members of the <laughs> the village <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> if he had, if he'd have gone next to be in a construction work, no, he went straight to Leverman. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious. But no, after <laughs> no, <laughs> after that failed. After unsurprisingly, <laughs> he didn't get to open a casino. And um, you're settled on finally calling the um, the group the United Nation of Nuwabian Moors. So this was the first time they fully definitively embraced that. Nuwabian title using so he'd gone cowboy native and now to Egyptian um, not just any old Egyptian I don't know ancient Egyptian ancient Egyptian like I, I and I should imagine like without you know sort of belittling him because <laughs> I feel like his understanding of like all these different cultures is very very fucking limited oh yeah so he was actually, oh, they went that <laughs> yeah, so oh, I'm gonna do that. I like to think that he's probably doing the sand dance, like he's walking around doing the sand he, dance. It, it could all be because just because he heard the song "Walk Like, like an, an Egyptian. Egyptian." Like, well, the bang <laughs> that song would have probably come out roughly about that time, right? That was in the '80s, so we're in the '90s now. So oh yeah, then yeah, absolutely. That is an entire possibility, although it was, you know, the bang also it was white people music, so maybe Ooh. maybe not. He also started at this Well, maybe point. he was like, you know how, like, Hitler hated, like, a lot of aspects of certain cultures, but there was always that like, one little bit of culture that he liked? Yeah. Maybe he hated all of white culture except, except the, the Bangles. Bangles. <laughs> the Bangles. I mean, the zenith, really, of, of, of white culture, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, the absolute <laughs> apex. <laughs> um, it was um, at this point that he started to identify himself as a god from outer space. Fuck yeah. Um, so... <laughs> this guy's... This guy is... In, he's, he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, one way of putting it. It's it's the sheer... Audacity of everything The arrogance <laughs> of it all. It's just like... I mean, oh, it's... It is amazing. Some of the things he's... He has done have been like wow <laughs> like um, it's almost like someone's let a five year old just do whatever the with a fancy like, dress box, <laughs> box just do whatever the fuck they want <laughs> yeah on their big part of land uh, would uh, York now had his followers build two pyramids out of wood and um, like plaster uh, and and other Egyptian-style buildings in the compound, which they then named Tamaray. Did you know what that translated to? Uh, not off the top of my head. Let's have a look. My uh, most of the... So I'm just having a look now. Most of the Nawabians that lived there lived in cheap trailers, whilst York himself lived in a mansion on the property. Um, again, a very humble man. Um, <laughs> As many as 400 uh, Nuwabians lived in the surrounding area. Tamaray, Tamaray. No, I don't know, I can't find a... I mean... No, I can't find anything. Sorry, guys. It was at this point that uh, the operation became even more profitable than it had been beforehand. In 1998, there was a Saviour's Day celebration in the compound, which 
took in over half a million dollars. He was charging Nuabians um, £25 a year for their Nuabian passport. Rats. Which allowed them in and out of the compound. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> this is, it just keeps getting like, it's almost like he is like a con man, but also he's, he's like a weird mixture of con man, Willy Wonka. <laughs> and, yeah. And like just awful sexual deviant. Like it's this such a strange mixture of things for a human being to be. So yeah, they, they he was he had the passports. He had all of the bookshops still. They had obviously still had the ones in. Um, I mean, who Brooklyn. was writing these books? Really, <laughs> a mixture of him and as as we said, like plagiarism, just literally oh, just yeah. plagiarizing another person's book. Yeah, and changing names. Santa um, versus Satan. No, Santa or Satan, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so and. Um, you know, all of this time, people also were con- continuing to beg and yeah. holding their normal jobs. And one of the group's sources of revenue at this time also became a nightclub in yeah. the compound called Club Ramesses. Which I mean, I imagine in my head that it's a terrifying, terrible place that also only ever plays his music. And possibly the Bangles. <laughs> <laughs> like, Club Ramesses is somewhere where you go uh, on Broad Street, but it's not near the forefront of Broad Street, like, you know, like Pop World and yeah, all yeah, the other clubs. Yeah, just found a corner. Yeah, it's it's near Five Ways. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's round the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's round the corner. And also... Everything in there was... A bit sticky. It, oh yeah, definitely sticky, very sticky. And you have to knock on the door to get in. But there's also like a pharaoh's chair and a lot of people have like their oh, picture like, on uh, social like the, media. Like the phone in the yeah. Gifford Arms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a terrible, terrible place. I, sorry, because I was just looking at these notes about Club Ramesses. <laughs> I misread the name as Brendan Fraser. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is it got that bad about like the whole like obsession with Egypt where he's just like, mate, we need to get actors in from the mummy. <laughs> Go on, get Brendan Fraser down here. Yeah. Rachel Vice. <laughs> I mean, they'll protect us from the evils. <laughs> from, from the mummies. From the actual mummies. Yeah. Um, uh, like, so, so, obviously... Oh, yeah, this has been illegally operated. Yeah, really. of course, in one of the pyramids. <laughs> um, I mean, would you go to a nightclub in a pyramid? Um, I feel like if they opened one in Egypt, that would be very disrespectful. Oh. <laughs> um, Do you remember when we went, like, um, meditating? Yeah. And then we went walking past a Chinese restaurant and there was just, like, that, like comedy Buddha... Yeah. And we were just like, oh, after being in like the Buddhist centre in like Birmingham, we were like, oh, that's all. And then like we walked past it again, we were just like, don't care. Um, I don't know, like, I think a, a nightclub in a pyramid, I'll have to go in there at least once. <laughs> just to see. Just to be like, what? Yeah, but you do share his love of an outfit. So you would like to <laughs> go in 
I'm imagining you in some kind of headdress, Egyptian headdress. I can see that. Uh, possibly a mask of Horus or something, or <laughs> Osiris. Um, Anubis. Anubis, yeah. A jackal boy. Be a jackal boy. Yeah, I could see uh, that. I mean, you'd be shirtless pretty early on as soon as they played Andrew WK anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shirts off, gyrating the hips, flossing with the shirt. Yeah. That's okay. that's sexy dancing right there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the club had only been, the pyramids had only been zoned as um, storage facilities, which I te- guess to technically is the original purpose of the original pyramids. They are storage facilities. for dead people. <laughs> um, in, oh, imagine that like version of Storage Wars. <laughs> what, when they go into the. <laughs> <laughs> but, sorry guys, that was like a really hack. Oh, Storage Wars, but it's pyramids. <laughs> What happened to that like mysterious red goo that people were wanting to drink that they found in uh, one of the tombs? I think uh, I think someone drank it, and that's when the world started to go wrong. <laughs> oh, I'll look this up. So, in May 1998, police officers shut down the club in response to <laughs> to that. The Nawabians started printing extremely sandrous. Uh, pamphlets about the government officials of Eatonton. Uh, they threatened town leaders and disrupted government board meetings. So I actually uh, watched a pro New Albion documentary um, just for kind of some balance. And I balance for this is, but I wanted to see what their what their angle on things was and their argument very much rests on the idea that the uh, child molestation stuff is the result of racist local officials wanting to get them um, and that it all boils down to property um, and then having this property was a problem because it was preventing things being built nearby um, so that the government were looking for anything that they could to get them on. Now... That's obviously bullshit to a large extent, and they clearly deliberately antagonised a lot of local officials, but you can also imagine the kind of people who are in local government in a place like Eatonton would not have been happy. (laughs) Once once they stopped dressing as cowboys and were hilarious, and then stopped dressing as (laughs) Native Americans and were hilarious. And then started dressing up as like space Egypt. Stargate. (laughs) Stargate, essentially. This is Stargate, (laughs) you know. (laughs) That's maybe why you're finding it appealing. (laughs) Love Stargate. Um, So you can imagine a set of scenarios in which the local government absolutely did want to catch them on something. You know, they shut down this um, this nightclub because it wasn't zoned correctly. They, you can imagine that there were, you know, you get that here, you get these kind of NIMBY types who want something not to be built somewhere and you can imagine that, but that doesn't mean that they didn't, when they went looking for things to to catch them on, find a shitload of stuff that they'd done that was illegal that, and then found out about the molestation. So I think there is like some argument for their from their point of view but 
it's obviously bullshit as yeah. well, and it just doesn't it doesn't go far enough to explain all the terrible things. That yeah. Actually so an update on the mysterious red liquid that they found in a sarcophagus in Egypt. You know, it was only last year. I thought it was a lot longer. Every week seems like six years. Ah, so. yeah. So someone, so got a petition. Thousands have signed up saying they want to drink the liquid that was found in the box. So this is basically what the petition says. We need to drink the liquid from the cursed dark sarcophagus in the form of some sort of carbonated energy drink so we can assume its powers and finally die. And then it said that, like, people just suggest that it's just water that got in there, like, just sewerage. Well, yeah. In the sarcophagus. It's it's not like... It's not the essence of a, like... (laughs) Dude, I, it's not like god blood. No. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> at what point do you look at something and just go, oh, yeah, I'll drink that. <laughs> and also, I would probably, if I had to like choose between mysterious red liquid found in a tomb or monster energy drink, or mysterious red liquid. <laughs> well, one of them might give you superpowers, so... <laughs> There's always you're yeah. always rolling the dice on that, aren't you? Like, I mean, that's why I do go sticking my head in the microwave like really? every other day. <laughs> just constantly picking up spiders and putting them in there with you as well, just in case. Just, just in case. Just, just in case. <laughs> Toxic waste. Just, just rolling around <laughs> in it. It's just like I mean, it's probably why I've got horrific dry eczema on my, all over my arms and on my eyelids at the microwave. <laughs> We could put it down to my like <laughs> antidepressants. No, it's you, you're you're rolling around in actual poison. <laughs> Go running in dick first into Chernobyl. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> Going to get you guys, Matthew. What? Yeah, you, you're you're internally rotting <laughs> inside. <laughs> you have absolutely. <laughs> you have you have ruined your body. <laughs> I think that had been happening for quite a long time. Oh yeah, that was before that was before mucking around with radiation. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know they did vandalism. They left like mutated dog corpses outside the house. Mutilated, and... not mutated. Yeah, I apologise. <laughs> How dare I get a word wrong? It's not often I get to <laughs> shout at you. So <laughs> they did just a campaign of. Pretty heinous. It's just abuse. a barrage of hate. And particularly when they started racially abusing the two local black leaders. I'm not going to use the word that they used. House um, house words. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, um, what's really interesting though. I just saw you like look at me like he's gonna. No, I'm not gonna say. I knew you weren't gonna say it. I had every faith. Even though, even though, was it last week or the week before? It's confirmation that I am actually black. <laughs> One drunken person... He was a black guy. Regardless of race. He pointed One... at my head and then he pointed at my heart and he went, you're black here and here. One person <laughs> does not the opinion of an entire race of people make. <laughs> Just I'll, I'll, bear talk, that I'll talk to some of the black people. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> please, please stop talking to all people. I think it's yeah, for can the you best. just stop. Yeah, what's interesting about this is probably partially because of the way the Nuwabians spun it, they started to re- receive some national attention, and you know this arguably is a double-edged sword for them 
because what this did is then brought more attention to them. But for a time, it, it kind of worked, and people like Al Sharpton and Reverend Jesse Jackson showed up to support them in the early 2000s and thought that they were being, like like I said, from their point of view, being persecuted by this like racist local Yeah, yeah. I mean, government. and it's sort of like, in a way, you can sort of see it from their point of view, can't you? And be like, oh, they're only, they're only you were us all of the, the time. Yeah, the, if you were one of the lower level people who were just living there who didn't understand what was going on, that would be totally plausible because this, uh, you talked right from the beginning about um, when we first started doing the podcast about how, you know, this fostering of an us versus them mentality. Yeah. Well, this is actually sort of a perfect fight for them. Yeah. What it does is it opens the window that brings everything crashing down, but it sort of is perfect for someone like York because it gives him this like, oh, look, the world is out to get us. You need me to protect you. I mm-hmm. am this god from another planet. Um, so it's sort of perfect for them. It's at this point that uh, Jacob York, who was... <laughs> yeah, I love this. Like, he'd, he'd only just learnt about his father's, like, Tam, Tamare compound, like, back in, like, 98. Like, yeah. he'd left for cult, he, like... Nearly a decade earlier, yeah, in 1990. Yeah. So he was really concerned. He went to Georgia to I like, because he sent me these notes. Dwight told him, I don't believe in any of this shirt. Oh, it's because my, um... My internet's got a filter, a good place filter on it that turns all. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. I like how it didn't uh, censor the N word. No, no. <laughs> in a good place. Apparently, that's fine. <laughs> in a good place. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah, don't believe we, in any of this shit. If I had to dress up like a nun, if I had to be a Jew, I'd do it for this type of money. So again, this shows you this. Really, this guy is just. A con man who has happened to use <laughs> religion, which is not unusual, yeah. as a means of making a lot of money. So yeah. Jacob worked uh, to build the case against Dwight by helping Sheriff Seals find and interview victims of his father's abuse. So this is like the beginning of the end. This is, yeah. you know, Jacob clearly had uh, a um, a lot of. Um, he knew what was going on, and he knew that. Um, one of the ways in which to bring his father's empire crashing to the ground was mm-hmm. to help make a case against him. Um, so it was um, in 2002, the investigations uh, by the federals, um, federal officials of York um, started, like, that's when it started really Yeah, going, so yeah. like I say, all of this national attention is actually, you know, we said... There's a possibility that the reason they moved to Georgia was because the FBI was starting mm-hmm. to get interested in them. Suddenly they're back on the radar. Suddenly they are now, especially because of this campaign of kind of saying that the local government have been racially abusing them, suddenly they're back on. Yeah. Very much on so radar. it's sort of like, it's one of those like sort of catch-22. Like, yeah, we've now got all this attention because that's what you want in a cult mm-hmm. you want people to like know about you so you can get the joint but you don't to get the joint to get people to join um, 
but also you want you don't want to like raise suspicion by local authorities and governments yeah totally and you don't want suddenly there are a lot of eyes on you wanting you to fail and wanting you so like i said they are literally waiting for you to just put one motivated officials now are like well okay we've been we actually weren't that bothered about you you just like a bunch of we weirdos had you for zoning violations and stuff like that but now you've essentially brought the uh, the full power of the local and federal government to bear on you and that's a really big mistake to make oh Um, insane mistake like but there was some trepidation amongst officials that they didn't want you know a waco like incident and they didn't want a huge standoff they didn't Mm. want um so waco is obviously something that we'll cover at some point oh yeah they didn't want a, a big siege or anything like that so they were very conscious that they needed to be a bit cleverer um, and to build a very strong case and then once that case was ready to act in a way that couldn't lead to to that like kind of standard huge siege yeah so yeah because I mean they, 2003 you know Oh no! No May. Sorry, yeah, May sorry May. Wow! So it actually went from May eighth, two thousand and two. So like York's most trusted wife, Kathy, was arrested after leaving uh, Tamaray. Uh, Tamaray, sorry. Um, and it. It was, it was York and his wife that were arrested. Oh, both of them. Yeah, they were both. They left. So in the um, pro documentary, it's actually quite interesting. This was one of the other reasons why I watched it from their point of view. <laughs> So, um, wow! So it was literally eight days from being arrested to actually going to court. Yeah, really quick turnaround. That's so quick because they'd already built the case. They already knew. All right. Yeah. And they wanted to obviously so, deny him any bail potentially to yeah to them. So it was the the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Uh, and the FBI, the several local sheriff's department stormed the compound. Uh, there was no resistance. Yeah, so from their point of view, and um, one of the things they talk about is how terrifying it was because suddenly there's, you can imagine, yeah. sheriffs, there's FBI, you basically F- got like ATF, the... um, all in like flat jackets, all in, and they're suddenly storming every everywhere. Mm. They're all dropping to the ground, they're all terrified. They're in the pyramids. Like, yeah, they're, they're in the pyramids, um, man. <laughs> Um, Stargate. <laughs> so they um, um, so they found. Yeah, like what was it? Thir- thirty stockpiled guns, which isn't sounds like very little, but thirty guns is, would have been probably enough to hold off in a compound that's walled. That would have been enough potentially to to hold off in a siege for a while, depending on how much ammunition yeah. they'd got, and it could have led to the loss of lives of you know sure potentially hundreds of people so um, and or it could have gone the other way and it could have gone the we kill everybody in the compound yeah with those 30 guns yeah so, so yeah they're t- turning the gun on themselves yeah. sort of thing so the state case york was uh like in the grand jury indicted of, by the grand jury indicted by the grand jury on 120 counts Including 74 counts of child molestation, 29 counts of aggravated child molestation, and one count of rape. So, I mean, heinous. Yeah, awful, awful crimes. Um, Um, And they only began to mount 
Oh yeah, came to light the more that obviously they transporting children across. Yeah, which again links back to to Manson. Manson, one of the first things that Manson kept getting jailed for was because he kept like stealing cars and taking them across state mm-hmm. lines, and then everything that he did ended up being a felony, so he ended up in prison for longer. He was a jackass. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> you transporting especially children across straight lines, you know that's and it was for, for the, the purpose, purpose of, of sexual intercourse. Is, that's you know, instantly makes a federal case far stronger against you. Mm-hmm. And even his, even his supporters accept that he did do that. So, which you kind of think, hey, can you still be a supporter at that point? But clearly, level indoctrination is quite yeah. scary. York then accepted a plea bargain in January of 2003 after they promised him a 14-year sentence to be followed by probation. In the deal, York would plead guilty to 77 state charges on January 24th, a day after pleading guilty to a pair of federal charges. The state charges included 40 aggravated um, child molestation accounts and 34 accounts, so they'd brought down the amount of two counts of influencing witnesses and one count of child exploitation. In federal court, he pleaded guilty to unlawful transport of minors across for the express purpose of engaging in sex acts. Was sentenced to fifteen years. If the court accept if the, the uh, court plea agreement. The plea agreement. Now, the state of a federal, a state and federal prison terms would run concurrently. Uh, yeah. However, in June two thousand and three, uh, U.S. District Court <laughs> Judge Hugh Lawson rejected the plea deal. Um, obviously feeling that it was too light a sentence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like, yeah, sure that the, you know, the jail is, it should be a reform system, it's a rehabilitation, but also not so much a... Um, punitive. Yeah. Because you are just creating a monster by removing them from society. Yeah, but, but also, you know... At this if point, you are that dangerous to be around other human beings mm-hmm. I think there is that limit where you have to just go maybe you do need to be removed from society yeah, totally. and York at this point is only in his 50s so you know he'd be he'd, out in like what? he'd have been out by now essentially he'd been yeah. coming out oh, yeah, sure, yeah. 15 years with good behaviour as well 2003 probably would have been out on probation by now mm-hmm. he rejected the deal he eventually actually recused himself from the case as part of a defence motion, probably to try and get the trial to go ahead. Eventually, it went to trial in 2004, and York was ultimately sentenced to 135 <laughs> years in prison yeah. on the state charges. He was also convicted. He was convicted of four counts of racketeering and six uh, child masturbation. What's racketeering? Racketeering is so that's like. Um, Fraud essentially, oh, right, but it's okay. like racketeering's like um, it can be anything up to like being it's sort of it's one of the things that they tend to get a lot of mafia people on. It's like being people up and protection rackets and stuff. Like oh, that. right, racketeering just sounds sort of it like you know, when we were like found out about like, like a cool name that you would call someone who plays squash, he's a racketeer. <laughs> no, a racketeer, like someone who's a little bit of a, a man about town, a racket- like a rack on tour, yeah. Because <laughs> they sound the same. Because <laughs> they do sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, 
But you know when uh, Racket... Uh, no, it sounds too nice. Or the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer, <laughs> that terrible Timothy Dalton film. It's a fantastic film. I'll have <laughs> no truck with claiming that the Rocketeer is not a incredible piece of art. All right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not. It's not. It's no, it's not great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the... Um, so, 135... To go from fifteen, <laughs> yeah, that's what they were have like, so like fifteen, like oh, oh, there's gotta be, there's gotta be court footage of him hearing that. His face must be hilarious. Yeah, you would hope so. You know, like on the like things like to catch a predator or like pedo hunters, and they just see the face, just go, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you would hope that he has had like a very. Um, I can't imagine him having a good time in prison. Well, I would imagine he has to be in, like, very confined... Um, hopefully he's in solitary confinement, which I think to a person like that, who has abused people and who has also traded so much on their own personality and on their... Yeah, it would. It, that would be... And has wielded power over others for so long. Um, that kind of punishment actually is, like, incredibly effective. Like, him being completely powerless and being shut off from having influence over others and talking to others even yeah yeah because that's like yeah it's like what you say like you know it is dangerous having him around people because if he can do this out in the real world imagine like what he would do what he'd be able to do with like a, like <coughs> a whole building full of criminals yeah like and potentially very dangerous criminals yeah so it's pretty, pretty crazy. His um, main wife. Uh, She's gone from most trusted to main. <laughs> Maybe you blamed her a little bit for getting uh. arrested. Um, she uh, agreed to reportedly agreed to plead guilty and was sentenced to two years in prison. Um, she'd been accused of child molestation, procuring children for sex with York, and instructing the children on sexual techniques, which is just yeah. so horrific. That's oh, that that is. So in April of two thousand and four, she was sentenced to two years in prison, followed by eighteen years of probation. Three other women were initially charged, but have, not, have never been prosecuted. Um, so it was obviously felt that she was the main kind of instigator yeah. of, and that I've got two years where it doesn't say that it's, you know, eighteen years of probation's bad, but two years in prison seems like a that is like sentence. if you. I would presume that their assumption is that she had also been abused by him, um, and been like indoctrinated, could, yeah, sort of, and yeah, forced into into that role, and that becomes very complicated about whether how 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 much she had a choice in what she was doing and how much she didn't say. I would imagine that's part of why. As I said, the new, amazingly, you would think, you know, but then when you think about it, the Catholic Church hasn't been destroyed by all of the revelations about the Catholic Church. Their so, allegations. Um, but the Nawabians continue to, continue to go on. They have mounted several appeals. Um, I think it's because they can sort of turn around and go no it's it's the white man trying to suppress us again oppress us sorry not suppress I think they can go on that and people you know who are already that way inclined to believe like mm-hmm. what they're 
preaching will go, well, yeah, of course, yeah. Because it's not, you know, it's not hard to believe that they might be oppressed by, like, the, the, the white government, the white laws. Like, it's not... Hard. It's not that. It's like, yeah. You know, all you've got to do is just, like, bring up, like, police brutality to sort of, like, strengthen your argument and stuff like that. So it's like, I can sort of see why... Yeah, sure. I can sort of see why people are like, oh, it's a conspiracy against us. Yeah. yeah of course, and they're already conspiracy-minded people. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. If they've joined an audience, so, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not condoning it, but I understand yeah, it. It's, it's, you, yeah, it's not, hard to, it's not hard to see why people... Would, in 2009, New went as far as trying to get York out of jail by sending false documents to his maximum security prison. Some of the documents were stamped by notary publics who lived in Athens, Georgia, which is where some of the Nawabians happened to be based. Amazing. So they'd clearly like falsified somehow some documents and were trying to get him released. Which is just so absurd. <laughs> like, yeah. They, like some kind of A-team plan to yeah. like try and... I kind of like like to think at one point they put like a, a file in a cage. Oh, they definitely, yeah. They, they definitely <laughs> done that. Or they did like um, that um, Wallace and Gromit uh, cliche where like the sheep like break Gromit out of prison. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I'd... like a bunch of sheep that they've stacked. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Uh, so they obviously I lost the analogy halfway through saying no it's that no it's that be a terrible plan (laughs) Um, because everything's worked so well for them so far so So they continue right up um, through the years to harass uh, Sheriff Howard Sills who was kind of the primary mover they've um, um, they've sued him more than 12 times and once paid a, paid placed a fake lien on his property so they were trying to like evict him from his house using did, fake did documents did they successfully sue him 12 times no no they unsuccessfully sued him 12 times amazing um, <laughs> you know they're still regularly protesting his innocence still regularly you know apparently you can quite often if you are in the right part of um, the right part of the internet apparently you can come across New Albions who will like argue with you absolutely (laughs) (laughs) oh we need to (laughs) Um, we need to do that I wouldn't suggest that anybody spends their days I suggest that all our (laughs) listeners do that (laughs) (laughs) Trolling, yeah. So yeah, as of as of this year, he's still in prison. His projected release date is April seventh, two thousand one hundred and twenty-two. But he's a space god, so (laughs) you know what's that? What's that to a space god? That's like he could prove himself. It's like a minute, right? (laughs) It's like a minute (laughs) to Um, a space god. He actually tried through the general consul of Liberia um, appointed under Charles Taylor infamous 
uh, former dictator of Liberia. Um, it's a bit excessive, isn't it? <laughs> to get diplomatic immunity. So he would have been extradited to Liberia and got out of prison. That was one of their other attempts to get him released. You know what? God love them. <laughs> they really did. They've you know, you can't. About every channel of. <laughs> but you can't <laughs> turn around and say these guys weren't. Do you know what I mean? These guys weren't triers. And God loves a trier. I don't think um, any form of God, be it, uh, would would love the things that Dwight York and, and the Noabians. I mean, Dwight York is a god, so he loves himself, presumably. And 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 don't isn't that important for all of us to do? I think so. Yeah, because whatever terrible things we've if you can't love yourself, hey, who else is going to love you? If you take nothing away from today, is that... No, is no, that, no, absolutely not. <laughs> to end an episode about a fucking monster. <laughs> no, yeah, he was an absolute monster. On a, like... Hey, guys. Self-love. Learn, learn to love yourselves a little. Like, you know, all your, all your negative points are a positive to someone. <laughs> you are turning into, like, one of those terrible... Terrible Facebook memes from a few years ago brought to life. You know, the kind of. Oh, like, what, like a uh, middle aged mom's post? Yeah. Like, oh, it's wine o'clock. No, Julie, you have a fucking well, drink like problem. It's <laughs> from like the Barefoot Contessa or something. Um, there's a minion there as well. <laughs> and there's always, yeah, there's always got to be a minion involved. Yeah. Um, so this is. Why was there only one separate set of uh, footsteps? Because I was carrying you. This is. Uh, uh, well, that's like a poem. <laughs> um, Some people always march in uh, single file to hide their numbers. That's why there's only one set of footsteps. <laughs> yeah, very good one. Well <laughs> that's a good Star Wars reference one. Well <laughs> you're tipping your cap to a room that only has me and your cat in it so. and I don't know where the cat is he's, he's attacked me but he's ran off um, so yeah this has been a long one um, how long? Uh, we're at the hour and a half mark at the moment obviously I'm going to cut it down so the amount of ums that I've, <laughs> that I've done in this episode and the unacceptable things I've said oh no they're staying in oh man <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> so yeah this has been a long one so thank but thanks for thanks for listening yeah. guys and and thanks for hopefully staying with us and for being patient in our regular look we never promised you that the the podcast was going to be i think weekly. On my, i think we did at the beginning i think we said we we're going to do one each week <laughs> but you know life does get in I the way I we're, that out. oh okay cool um you know this isn't our main job we do have jobs we also gig um so it's uh it's episodes are always going to be a little bit sporadic based around when we yeah because like the research takes a long time yeah you know editing we have, we have bloody lives all right <laughs> um, not really <laughs> um, that's debatable but um so yeah you know we'll hopefully won't leave it as long next time no no yeah and also guys like I said we always push the uh, the old social meads 
yeah. follow us on all of those um, so yeah. you know when we're next recording um, yeah so or so you can see pictures of Matt looking at me lovingly in nightclubs around the world that was on my, <laughs> that was on my personal Instagram I think not... you did it on the nah how did you not nah okay. posted a little uh, fun time happy birthday video for you how did you yeah that little video of me swearing at you you're just drunkenly. flipping the bird aren't you? <laughs> which is so out of character but not no, now. not now. Not now, I'm bad. No. <laughs> not now, I'm bad. Bad, Adam. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, we've... Yeah, what else have we got lined up? Because we're going to do a, a a special episode um, about our favourite horror films. Yeah. Like a nice yeah. little... Just because, you know, we can understand it. This, you know, does get a little heavy from, sides, from time to time, so... We'll talk a little bit about like some fun stuff that we're into. Yeah, we'll try and do that bonus episode at some point. Um, we've got sort of, I think we're going to start doing maybe some two-part episodes on some... Yeah, on some of the big, yeah, big boys. Obviously, there are... Um, and we the, kind of want to, with some of the bigger ones, we sort of want to look at it more of a different angle as well. Yeah, yeah, and try and... Because, you know, people like your Manson's... There are thousands of books about it. Yeah, David Koresh. Books and films being Jones. made and, and, and written all, all the time. So we want to try and imbibe as much as that as we can, but also bring a new... A new, like, you know, a new spin on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. What else have we, have we got anything to plug? Mm-hmm. Will this be out before Monday? Yeah, Next Monday? Yeah, so we're both... Um, performing at the Hot Water Comedy Club in, in Liverpool. Liverpool on the 17th of June. June and then I'm in Manchester at the Frog and Bucket doing the Beat the Frog I'm not <laughs> I'm not getting ideas above my station um, and that's on the 24th of June as well so if you're in any of those areas come down Pop along. Stay fresh, cheese bags. (laughs) Goodbye.